Uh, welcome to the Booktopia podcast. I'm Shanu Prasad and I'm very pleased to be joined today by the artist Roan, who is here to talk, well, not here, but virtually here, to talk about his uh, fantastic uh, book that is about to come out through Thames and Hudson, uh, which is basically self-titled, called Roan. Roan, thank you for joining us. No worries. Thanks for having me. So uh, are you excited? How excited are you about this book? Um pretty excited like it's one of those things where it's like you know I think every artist kind of has that moment it's like I want to do a book of my work and you keep putting things aside it's like oh save that for the book save that for the book and then once you finally get to the stage where you're like making a book you you realize that 90% of it doesn't even make the book um you can fill up a couple hundred pages really really fast especially when you want every single photo to be a double page spread and you're just like oh, it doesn't work that way. You can't get everything in there and you can't bore people. Um, And so it's like what ends up on the cutting room floor is like, oh, there's so much more. And uh, so there's there's all that kind of uh, excitement and stuff that happens, but it's great to see it fully come together and, you know, become a real product once you see it printed. Yeah, so it's been quite a moment. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. And um, I was going to say that that must be because you take a lot of the photographs of your work yourself, correct? When I when I was looking through the, yeah. the back yeah. of the book, besides the studio section, which we'll talk about the, the format of yeah. a little bit later, but um, you're the photographer, so it must be yeah. particularly hard. Like, um, yes, I think, you know, photography has become part of, or well, it's always been part of um, street art and graffiti. Um, yeah, so photography for myself has like always been part of street art and graffiti um, simply because it's, you know, it may not be there tomorrow. So you have to document it and it's become part of my process now, like to document everything the best way I can. So over the years I've, you know, spoken to photographers and like, how do I do this? How do I do this better? How do I do this amazing? And then just now I've gotten to the point where the photography is as large as a production as painting the work. Um, and so for me, like the photography has become, you know, very much um, an artwork in itself. And I think that comes through very clearly um, in in the photographs that you have chosen um, uh, for the book. Is that, yeah. um, and you can really tell that because you know, all of us, you know, we all take photos all the time. And I'm sure when um, people have, uh, you know, go and visit your works, you know, 95% of them are looking, and then snap, 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 snap. But there's yeah. a real difference in there between a you know, recording, just recording a moment, but recording the moment to also capture the um, the essence and the feeling of what of, of what the actual artwork in person is. And I think um, that yeah. anyone that picks up this book will be able to to see that you have been able to do that. And some of, um, I think, uh, the evocativeness of, um, you know, of your work is really is really seen through that. So uh, that was one of the questions Thanks I was so actually going to, uh, yeah. going to ask you about <laughs> what you felt about photography, because I feel like sometimes that's a little bit of a, under uh, underappreciated uh, um, art, especially when you're taking photographs of rooms. Everyone knows that uh, yep. photography yep. of um, <laughs> of spaces is uh, it's not as easy as it uh, as, no. as it is. So yeah, I, de- like, I definitely okay. got tips from um, people who photograph real estate. It's like, how do you make a tiny room look big? Look bigger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they're definitely the people that would know about that. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Anyone's gone that for a house. <laughs> 
Um, can I take, just take you back yeah. a little bit to um, just to sort of, you know, you mentioned street art and, um, uh, you know, uh, for people that do, you know, you have a lot, very large Instagram following, so there might be lots of people listening that uh, already sort of know a little bit a little bit about you. But for those that don't, sort of where 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 did you get your start in, um, in you know, in art and what was your sort of driving factors of, you know, starting out in the street, street art world? Um, I, you know, started in the early 2000s after moving to Melbourne from Geelong. Um, I was always interested in, let's say, like I moved up to study design, so I was interested in skateboard graphics and the usual kind of stuff. But yeah. as I travelled around the city as a skateboarder, I started seeing other artists doing stencil works. And I was just instant, instantly attracted to that. And I was like, this is cool and something I can have a go at. And I literally just started. And then from there, um, started to go, go to exhibitions and see other artists, meet them and start going painting with them. And uh, kind of just, you know, it was like a real fork in my life where I found a whole new friendship group. And, you know, that became the social activity became my whole creative outlet um and it's what we did instead of going to watch football on a friday night and it's like we'll go out painting and yeah yeah and your whole life Um, basically revolves around it (laughs) and one of the things i think that you were um you were you were known for uh sort of what set you a little bit apart from a lot of your other contemporaries of the time was the um the jane doe um uh stencil so can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, it came out of um, you know, Jane Doe is a, a portrait of an unknown woman, but it came out of um, you know, everything myself and a lot of my friends were doing was very aggressive and masculine and uh, you know, anger based things kind of screaming or exploding or yeah, you know, um, very yeah, just very aggressive. And it's like, I kind of wanted to do a poster that sat alongside one of my friend's work, which was a screaming vampire. And I was like, <laughs> what is like the the opposite of that? Like to put a juxtaposition there. And I was like this calming beauty that I came up with. Um, and it seemed to work on the street in this weird way where it, it um, you know, it wasn't this loud chatting thing, but it still spoke to people a lot more clearly than the vampire. And that, was really interesting in one sense and but from there that you know because the way I was producing it was on paper as a stencil paste up poster but it would slowly rot and um you know fall apart and people would rip at it and it would get tagged over and but it was something really interesting about the way that it still held its beauty yeah and, and some kind of like, yeah set me yeah, on a path as like yeah. yeah, it's like the the fragility of it, like just still holding in there. It's like there's a whole layer to the work when it kind of is just hanging on in the last moment. And like, at what point does it just become, you know, uh, decay? Yeah, where's that? Where's that? Where's that fine balance between? Yeah. Um, between that, which is, I guess, you know, also what humanity is really, isn't it? You know, each of exactly. us. Yeah. Is, you know, <laughs> considered beautiful for a time and then we <laughs> head, head towards fade. that uh, <laughs> decline. Um, yeah. But there's a beautiful, um, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know if, how, you, how you got her to, um, if you were, you know, friends with her or they, you know, Tempton Hudson approached her, but there's a beautiful essay by um, Julia Baird um, yeah. in the book um, just about Jane Doe. And were you surprised when you, when you read that 
of of what else she had attributed to Jane Doe about the sort of the feelings of women in the street and you know safety and domestic abuse and all of that all that sort of thing that she, she that she had sort of seen when she when she was looking at your work in the streets. Yeah, like that was a really powerful piece by Julia, um, and I actually reached out to her because um, she had written um, some other really great articles about me years before, and. Yeah, does what she saw in it and what she took from it is, like, really interesting to see from, you know, the way it can impact someone on the street. Um, yeah. And, like, I'm very careful and cautious and aware of, like, not to make images that are trying to sexualise women. Like, there's a difference between, um, you know, beauty and sexy. Yeah, like, yeah. I, think, I think we can definitely fine line as well. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. There's romance, and then there's sex. You know, there's like yeah. they are different things. Um, and so I'm trying to keep on that side, but there's also the um, yeah, the the unknown woman of, of the you know out there alone, kind of falling apart, kind of uh, the fragileness of it as well. And I think she speaks to a lot of that. Um, and it's really moving to like to hear about how you know speaks to everyone in different ways. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and I definitely encourage everyone when they when they when they get this book to um uh, to to read that uh, that essay. It is it is. I read it this morning and I was kind of like I was a little bit little bit teary. I was like, wow, that is that is actually <laughs> is actually really beautiful. And it's not just you know uh, writers like Julia Baird that have also taken inspiration from your work, but you also have some. Um, I, I think one of the I thought the um the the, the little uh, essay that um uh, sorry Jeremy McLeod or the four yeah. That must have blown you away as well. He's basically said that you've inspired him to his look at his architecture yeah. practice in a whole new in a whole new way. And for for any um, anyone listening that hasn't um, checked out his architecture, um, he's the founding director of Breathe Architecture and involved in um, some great new sort of ways of you know looking at housing in, in Melbourne. So um, that must have also been been uh, pretty pretty exciting to to get that kind of feedback for you. Totally, yeah. Like Jeremy. Um, has become my friend over years and uh, he's, you know, basically put me forward for a few jobs here and there and, um, you know, he's just seen the importance of what street artists are doing and the culture we've created within Melbourne and how it works in the streets and there's kind of this feedback we create and, like, and he's just so socially aware of the community that, revolves around buildings, which, you know, he creates buildings, but he's also creates community. Yeah. Um, and, and what we are doing is very much part of the community. And it's great that yep. he kind of um, very much thinks that it's an important thing to integrate into um, the future of architecture. Yeah, which is which is something really, really fantastic rather than those, you know, cookie cutter kind of very impersonal types of buildings that uh, unfortunately all too often kind of get um, yeah. uh, get put up. And one of your work is, you know, using the opposite, the opposite of that, all those old <laughs> decaying buildings, which again, um, you know, the other thing I was going to mention about the about the architecture is that the the way the book is split up, the first sort of section of the book is is sort of talking. Well, it's called walls, and basically it's yeah. it's showing you know the artwork from your earlier days um, uh, uh, doing the paste ups on on the street 
to your really large scale, um, which if anyone's been to not only Melbourne, right, but you've been all around the world putting up your... Um, yeah, probably done more internationally than I have, than you have locally. in Australia. Yeah. 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 Um, and kind of funny when the you... way it works. <laughs> it, it is, isn't it? I think, but I think, do you think it's that's because that there are, there are more spaces that are open to... Um, to having artists come in and, and add their work to it than there are in Australia, where we're a little a bit little, A little bit, like definitely some parts of Europe are way more open to it. But I think for me, it's like um, someone offers me to paint a four or five story wall and it's down the road from my house and they say, we're not going to pay you, but we'll pay right. for your transport. Um, <laughs> you're like, oh, I'm not that interested, but it's like, <laughs> it's the same thing, but it's in Hawaii. Yeah. And there's going to be a yeah. bunch of other artists that are your friends. I'm like, okay, I'll come do it for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, can, I, I think, I think yeah. we could all, we could all appreciate that. Um, and, and I just wanted to just understand this correctly because I, I, I read this in the book and then I just wanted to double check this was right. You freehand paint the. Yeah. Mainly? Um, there's no. Uh, when you're doing yeah. these very large five, ten stories. I have like a. a, a it's like a grid system. That I've um, created where I don't actually draw a grid, but I just put all these random marks on the wall. And what I do is I take a photograph of the wall with the marks and then put the image I want to paint over it, over that. And then all of a sudden those random marks become my reference points. Wow. And this is something I've made up and shared with a lot of other artists. And you might start to see it when you're looking at a lot of mural artists. They have all these crazy wiggly lines and symbols and stuff on their wall, and they paint over it all. And that's the and that's, that's the, the method. Yeah. Wow, that's that 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 must have taken a lot of that take a lot of practice to sort of get those to get that uh, right, so that you're, because you still manage to convey so much emotion into each of these images that you're painting little bit by little bit by little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, like once you've worked it out. It, basically gave me the ability to not have to worry about getting the scale right, right. You know, or proportions which yeah. is usually what you know if you're going back and forth and keep making changes on a painting it loses the kind of energy yeah. of it um so it meant I could just uh just concentrate on rendering it the way I wanted it to look and not have to worry about like oh is the nose too big it's I look in the wrong way. It's like with all those marks, I'm like, I know everything's in the right position. In the right spot. Um, yeah. There was one interesting thing, though, that I was, I, I mean, I thought it was great, but I was surprised that you included in the book where you actually show show everyone that, um, oh, you yeah. know, on, on those silos that you painted, that e- each of them were painted beautifully, but one was bigger than the other two. So you ended up having to repaint it and you actually get to see that in yeah. the book that you show us. Yeah. It was one of the things, like, I'm sure I posted on my Instagram, like, just yeah. the feedback I had from it and how people were, like, you're crazy to do that. Um, I would have left it. But it kind of shows that, I don't know, you can always fix things no matter how big a mistake is. Yeah. Um, and also just, like, I don't know, I had to live with it and I didn't want to. <laughs> yeah. And you didn't yeah. want everyone else that was taking photos of it to be, and, you know, tags exactly. and photos you to be yeah. seeing that for the next however many years they were um, they were going to they were going to be there. Um, yeah. I can, I can um, definitely understand that. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's one of those things. It's like I just did, I know, knew I was going to see photos of it forever and it's like this would just kill me and I just, yeah, <laughs> like, 
yeah, there's definitely walls that I've walked away from and not really talked about anymore. It's like, all right, right. Well, it's done. <laughs> I guess that's one one good thing though about it, especially figuring works in areas where you know that there the impermanence is there. That yeah, <laughs> not yes, like you have to worry about yeah. it, like being the Mona Lisa and being in the Louvre for the next seven hundred. But the other thing that I find, I, I, what I was really thought was beautiful about um, the wall section of the book was that um, it really showed that you, um, you know, the stories. It, it seemed like the difference, it seems like that you, when you travelled the world, that you were able to uh, connect and sort of uh, speak to the people that you were actually going to be photographing, which was very different from the earlier work of, you know, deliberately choosing an anonymous face yeah. um, of someone you didn't even know or hadn't met. Yeah, there was a point where, you know, I was you know, travelling and just putting up, you know, my random faces here and there and I realised that there's, you know, people who are not coming from, let's say, Melbourne street art or graffiti culture and understanding that it's just kind of almost like a moniker, the image itself. It's like it's got zero connection to them. Yeah. So I, you know, started photographing um, local people from the area of where I was painting and that gave me such a better connection to any of the communities and the way they opened up to me and, um, you know, gave me some experiences that I would have never been able to do, like, as a tourist. Um, yeah. I think the example in Vanuatu was the greatest where um, we offered to paint, like, their community centre and they thought we were missionaries or something like that. And so, no, we just want to paint it. And we painted a, a local girl on there and um, they helped us, you know, they kind of we had makeshift ladders and they cut down all the grass and... Um, the local community pretty much sat down and watched us paint um, and like the the tourists became the attraction which was really interesting and then once we finished the community leader uh, lined us up like a football team and got everyone to shake our hands to say thank you. Oh, that, that's that's wonderful I mean that that's yeah. the kind of position that I guess a lot of artists don't really get to get to have do they because they're working alone in their studio and they you know they don't get to actually meet the people like you know meet the communities that are benefiting from their from their from their yeah. art yeah yeah exactly that's really cool <laughs> um and when people look again when they look at those those photos they are they are absolutely extraordinary I think that there was a boy as well that you that you painted on one of the walls and I just think the color the colours of those were just, which so striking. They must be, they must have been so yeah. happy. Such a, a wonderful, um, uh, like remembrance of, you know, of of, of their themselves actually. In yeah, this yeah, it's just a celebration of their own kind yeah. of community and yeah. Yeah. Well, talking about uh, outside the studio, um, there is a also a, a really big section in the book which is which is your um, studio work. Um, yeah. I know we were talking earlier about how hard it was to pick. Um, you know what went into the book. So, what kind of uh, process were you using, or what what was the feelings, or what what were you hoping that, that people that were looking at this book would get out of that studio section? Um, I think you know trying to show a bit of a progression, like how I did start with much more simple and graphic representations of portraits, mm -hmm. um, and how that slowly changes over time the stencils become looser and actually kind of fade away totally into freehand painted works. And it's actually hard to see where that point stops, that all of a sudden everything's just hand, like, you know, freehand painted. Um, yeah. And there's also like uh, a bit of a story of like the way 
I have all these like torn bill posters um, laid behind my work, which are a nod to the posting work that I was doing um, on the street. Yeah. On the street, and I created my own poster series that I could use for that. And in all the little details of the posters, there's little things about whether it's Collingwood or the Everfresh Studio and other artists that I paint with and like their names are in there and it's all kind of okay. tongue in cheek kind of stuff. Yep. Um, and that too kind of fades over time as well. You know, it kind of becomes further and further into my, my background quite literally. Um, and it's kind of just nice to see that, um, you know, evolve. Yeah. You absolutely. You, yeah. You absolutely see that evolution through. And the, what, what struck me as well was the, um, sort of, you know, as you go through, it's like the, as we were talking, you know, using that word, we were using that word earlier, but the fragility of the images just is 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 even more striking when the canvases become um, sort of more stark and more textured almost. There's like yeah. texture is from the paint, I think. Is that how you're doing it? Um, I, I, I like yeah, it. It's kind of, it's hard to... Like it's a mixture of um you know because I put posters on canvas sometimes so it is like a bit right. of a texture of the paper but I pin it, I paint in such a thin way that it becomes almost like I think people describe it as like a glaze um yeah and you, you can still see through it um, through, so they yep. almost become a bit ghostly as well yep I think I think yeah. people will definitely see see that so I think um that's great that that's what you were trying to do because that's what uh, um, it looked like to me, so it looks like you've achieved cool. achieved your goal. <laughs> um, uh, now let's move on to the third part of the book, which is probably the part that most people would recognise you um, the most for, which is the projects. Yeah. Um, so can you sort of talk a bit about why you decided to? You've had you know you've done you know work on the street that's kind of available for anyone everywhere can yeah. see. Yeah. You've done work in the studio, which would be um, you know sold through the galleries and you know available that way. And then what, why did you decide that you wanted to do this sort of hybrid? Yeah, so there's, I've, you know, been so fortunate traveling around the world and sat doing all these murals and it became a bit of a, a circuit that, you know, um, if you're lucky enough, you could almost get on. Mm -hmm. But I was getting a lot of requests to paint more murals of, you know, local people re representing the local community. And I was like... I could see myself get getting stuck in a yeah. loop um, and there's times where it's like, can you paint this person who's passed away? And it's like, oh, it's kind of hard if I don't have a really good photograph and the painting is only as good as the photograph quite often. Yeah. Um, and so it just, it for me, it was like, you know, I want to just take it back to where I started and being able to do exactly what I want to do and not have to worry about how it affects a wider community. Mm -hmm. So going back into abandoned buildings and painting these um, really beautiful images on these like, you know, ultra destroyed um, buildings and just being able to go into these spaces where very few people will venture um, paint the works. Um, in the first series, I just did illegally um, by dressing up like a tradesman and going, going, into, the, going into these buildings at six o'clock in the morning. 
um, <laughs> and just working all day. Um. <laughs> that's actually brilliant. That's that, that's what they say, right? If you just if you um, act like you belong there, then no one will question you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, and th but that kind of yeah, like because I couldn't really show anyone, I you know I photographed them and showed the photographs, but that. That kind of worked, but it also, well, it definitely worked because the photographs sold. And it was like, oh my God, I can sell photographs, so I don't have to paint a canvas <laughs> all the time. More than once. Yeah. You can and, work more than once. <laughs> yeah. And it kind of yeah. led me to like, oh, maybe I can just do, you know, an installation and photograph that. And one of the first opportunities was this um, little weatherboard house. And I was offered it, but the issue was that, um, it was completely empty because it was about to be knocked over. Like it wasn't abandoned. It was purchased by a developer. Yep. The family moved out and they took all their possessions with them. Yep. So it was really stripped back to bare. And I realized that I could paint a wall, but what really tells the story is that all the stuff that's left behind. Mm -hmm. And so I worked with a friend, Carly Spooner, who's an interior stylist. And she's like, yeah, we, we can furnish this, you know? And so we spent some time, basically scouring eBay and op shops and Gumtree and bought all this retro furniture and fitted it all out in the building and um, basically opened it up to public. And we had something like 8,000 people come through a little two-bedroom house. And, um, like, the way it connected with so many people, like, everyone walks around like, oh, my grandmother had those pots and oh, we used to have a heater like that and just all those things that, people identified with it was really beautiful to see people connect with that um, and, um, oh yeah and 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 basically then the house was torn down right after that or as far yeah. as you know yeah no it you, definitely was uh, uh, just come in took the photos and then that was and then took the stuff out of the house and then you were gone yeah yeah I, I took the furniture out and um but before even that had ended I was in talks with the people who owned the the mansion in the forest, Burnham Beaches. Burnham Beaches, yeah. Yeah, and that was, you know, just each opportunity has led to the next thing for myself. And and that that, Burnham, that Burnham yeah. Beaches exhibition was 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 massive. I, I remember how upset I was that I couldn't um, yeah. get out of work to get down to Melbourne to see it. I'm jealous of my friends that were um, able to go through it. And so when um, Thames and Hudson announced that you were doing a book, I was just so excited because I, oh, cool. I follow you on Instagram and, and Instagram's great, but you can't really see the beauty of the photos um, and the beauty of the space yeah, as you can in an actual printed book. Yeah, uh, yeah, not to, not to rub it in, but um, it was really flattering to have people come through the space and say, like, I've seen this all over Instagram, but it still doesn't do it justice to be exactly. in the space because yeah. we also had a um, like a 14 channel right. soundtrack yeah. that kind of was, you know, original score written for it. And it was like, you know, when you go to the, the cinema and, you know, watching a movie on your iPhone or watching a movie in the cinema, yeah. it just like, it just, you felt yeah. it. But you also basically had television too, right? Like you had a scent that yeah, was. Yeah, we had different yeah. scents. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of little subtle things. Um, and we kind of had like a really subtle smoke machine. So it just had this beautiful glow to it in the air. And um, it seemed like the piano was playing by itself, just the way like you could feel it through the floorboards resonating. It yeah. Was, um, yeah. And, um, and, and one of the most, 
Oh, yeah. Uh, yes, as I said, I'm still really, really, really still thinking about the fact that I couldn't go. But um, you, um, and, and, I mean, I think if you, but I'm going to give page, page references to people so when they get yep, the book, yep. they have it right there. Page 198 and 199 is the room that you probably got the most people going, oh, yep. what? how did you do that? Um, and that is the room which looks like it's half submerged. Yeah, that was um, the, the idea. Is it's a study. Um, so we've got uh, like we call it his desk in there, and all the a wall of books. And I w did want to just flood the room, but an engineer told me that because it was on the first floor that the you know it would collapse it, yeah. um, wouldn't hold the weight. So we actually had to uh, build a stage, um, uh -huh. and then what they call it like tank tank the stage that so was waterproof yep. and then fill it up with maybe two, three inches of water that we, you know, just uh, filled with a lot of black ink. But then the trick was to cut all the furniture in half. So that it looked like it was submerged. Yeah. So there's a lot of yep. um, smoke and mirrors, but the irony is that it would have been easier just to fill the room with water. Fill the room with water, yeah. Yeah. But the way it came about is that um, I don't know where I – read or heard it but someone once said that you know art is an exaggeration of life in a sense and this room was already leaking like the roof was so damaged from yeah. an old leak that you could well it wasn't really safe to have people in there in the first place I was like mm, we can't really use this room but we could look through the window into it and what if we you know flooded it like just what's the kind of uh the end result of this flooding forever um, like leaking forever that yeah. you know becomes flooded um, and that's what we set out to do um, and somehow achieved it it was we had to do it twice because it started leaking the first time so we had to empty <laughs> it and start again yeah unfortunately I couldn't put all the content in the book but there's some behind the scenes on my Instagram there somewhere oh yeah I would definitely recommend yeah. everyone to check that out and we've um uh, I think we've included a, a snippet of the video um uh, that Tempest Hudson made for us um, uh, on our on the on the product page of the for the book as well, so that we can um, um, you know with a link through to YouTube, so that you can um, you can cool. look at the full video, which is which is definitely worth worth watching. It's it's absolutely incredible. And um, you you had to did you have to put the put the uh, Burnham Beaches back to you had to take everything out. Yeah, that was um, you know as an agreement with Heritage, I had to get everything back to the exact way I found it. So strip everything out, like all the furniture, um, all the chandeliers we brought in, remove all that, and then clean everything back to white. Um, and that was, uh, it took literally maybe three or four weeks just to clean yeah. it up. <laughs> a team of it, a dozen people. Yeah. I can imagine. How long did it take you to do the all of the painting and, I mean, I don't know if the team organised it, but setting it up, was it, it over it a few basically, months? I think the actual install process was probably four or five months, but it took me a year to do, basically, yeah. from designing. Yeah. Um, well, from, I think the story goes that when I first looked at the space, um, my wife Alice was pregnant, and when we were closing up, um, our son was walking. <laughs> <laughs> right, <Yeah>. okay. <laughs> And when you can measure, measure your projects by the yeah. um, you know, conception, growth, and birth of child. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he was, you know, he, he turned one out there. Like that's, wow. 
that would have been a pretty cool party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it was um and you had a you've put a little um you know there's this book is is uh you know mainly photographs with some as as we mentioned some some uh, yeah. really key essays but little snippets that you have actually you know added your own voice to as well um yeah. and um I really loved that uh you know people that might not have known that the the sort of gotten an inspiration from the um partly M, uh, for for Empire from that um Nine Inch Nails hurt but the Johnny Cash yeah. kind of the Johnny Cash version which um, what was the, I think the line is, everyone I know goes away in the end and you could have it all, my empire of dirt. Yeah, um, there was, um, we, this is kind of a, it seems like such a sidetrack inspiration story, but um, my, wife and I, my wife and I were in Nashville and we went to the Johnny Cash Museum because you do. Yep. Um, yes. And, <laughs> yeah, and it was, it was really cool. You go through it all and it's like, you just see all this memorabilia, and then at the end of the museum, there's just like a TV, which almost feels like an afterthought because yep. it was like his most recent or his last film clip yep. um, of the Nine Inch Nails cover. And the film basically goes, you know, it goes around his his own home and like you see his shed out the back and it's just full, filled with the same kind of memorabilia crap. And like it's kind of presented as if it's just stacked up and it's like, and you can see like, this is his legacy and it's like it's just piled up shit in his shed and it's like it's not actually worth anything the only thing that's worth anything to him is is her yeah and it's just such a beautiful sentiment and that's kind of what inspired like why would you walk away from this giant mansion that's so kind of beautiful and and just like why what would you give this all up for and and is that why you um you decided to, uh, you know, use a, uh, you know, you, you picked a, you picked a model for, um, yeah. well, she's an actress, but, um, yeah. and who also, oh, also she writes beautifully. That was a, that's a, that essay that she wrote um, for, in, for the book, um, Lily Sullivan, it was yeah. also very beautiful. Um, but is that why you chose to, um, you know, focus on just one, on one face? Yes. Throughout the whole? yes. Um, yeah. So I kind of wanted the story to be about her, as as one kind of character that was um, once within the house and you know quite ambiguously is like whether she was once there and now it's gone or it's almost like she's become the house herself yeah but he he has left like yeah. yeah she's the memory that lives there yeah. Um, yeah. and kind of left perfectly as it was because to change it would be to lose her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but there's been a lot of people like, you know, ask me to do things like, oh, you should paint, um, you know, all the local people who used to live here. And it's like, that's not the story. Not I the point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 I, think, I think sometimes it's probably because you are so skilled that people go, well, you can do this. And you're like, yes, yes but I can. it's really one thing. And the art <laughs> And the emotion is the other thing, and um, yeah. I think that's that's what's um, wonderful in this book is that as you as you you know, it, and it really is something that you want to um, really start from the beginning and go all the way through, and then close and and open up, and then just look at your favourite bits, and you know you can you can look at it so many different ways, but you really do see the evolution of um, of your work and of your ethos, and I think um, you know like I think one of the the, the just just yeah, I know that we're running short of time, so sorry that okay. just came on. But, um, one of the other things that struck me was um, Lily mentioned how you know she thought 
you know, that day that, you know, just she went to pick up, I think, a piece of furniture um, that her mum was going to re- refurbish that, you know, she no longer needed. And, you know, for her it was like a sad day because it was coming to an end. But then when she saw you, you were you were not sad. You were, you know, you were, you had achieved what you wanted to achieve. And yeah. is that you know, a lot of artists would be like, this is the worst thing ever that this artwork I've spent all my, a, you know, a year, more than a year on has come to it's an end. destroyed. Yeah, yeah. to destroy it myself. I, yeah, yeah. No, it was, um, you know, the, the work sucked. <laughs> you know, cleaning up. Um, yeah, 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 of course. I, I, we enjoyed it because I was with friends and, like, it was, there wasn't a deadline anymore and it was, like, almost uh, was it cathartic. Yep. Just kind of, like, let's just clean this over. And there's something, um, knowing that we'd done it and done it so well and, you know, documented it and we knew it was going to live on forever in like it's perfect memory and so many times where as a street artist you kind of leave your work out there to the elements and it can be destroyed by someone and like it just it doesn't always um faded away as nicely as you'd I was going to say sometimes sometimes people put other things over the top that where you're like hey my work is better (laughs) what if you put it exactly exactly so it's like you had to control (laughs) <laughs> yeah and you know if we moved out and took all the furniture out of it and then we don't know what happens in the future with the building and all of a yep. sudden Kmart's doing a photo shoot in there for exactly. something weird and yep. it's like you kind of it's uh yeah that's it's, that's actually a really good perspective because yeah you know, as a preservationist type person myself and a hoarder of um yeah. old <laughs> of old things um I do think that's a great uh, a great perspective to have yeah. now speaking of the future and um, what's what's next. Uh, when we get to the very end of the book, it uh, it it's uh, it mentions an exhibition in 2020 at the Geelong it Gallery. Does. Which I understand is it why you know, the book was timed to actually go with that exhibition. That was meant to happen kind yes. of earlier in the year, so right? You you spotted the the one typo in the book, <laughs> <laughs> so it's now going to be 2021. So if everyone can get their black pen and just change it. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's, that's, that's yeah. good to know because um, I, I don't care what I'm doing in terms of work and I'm just, you know, putting that out there for anyone else from work that's yeah. going to listen to the podcast. Um, I will be 100% sure to be making it down to uh, Melbourne um, co- provided, you know, you guys get your COVID um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in your state. Um, <laughs> which I'm, I'm sure it will be. But um, so that's definitely, it's going ahead, but it's going ahead next year. Yeah, February next year, the John Gallery. Great. Well, you know, I'm so, so glad that they decided to put this um, book out now and um, didn't delay it. And we've had lots of delayed books, but I'm, um, you know, the, the I think that this is a beautiful book for the time now. And I'm Thank very, you. very glad that um, lots of people are going to have the, uh, uh, the ability to uh, get a little piece of uh, your artwork um, in their houses. Um, thank you so much for uh, coming onto our podcast and talking um, with me today. Um, really, really appreciate uh, you taking the time. I know that, um, you know, you've got a lot of stuff happening right now. Oh, good. Yeah, no, it's uh, perfect for me. Yeah, Excellent. very happy to do it. Great. Um, thank you again. And uh, just wanted to let uh, everyone know that you can buy the book Rome, um, available right now at uh, booktopia.com.au. Um, And uh, you can also listen to um, all of our other podcast episodes for free uh, right now on SoundCloud and iTunes. Thank you for listening to the Booktopia podcast channel. Don't forget, you can subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes for free. 
and get access to hundreds of author discussions, book analysis pieces, and more. Or, if your eyes need a workout, head to Booktopia TV on YouTube. Don't forget, for all books featured in this podcast, and for access to a whole bunch of other fun content on our blog, head to Booktopia, Australia's local bookstore, at booktopia.com.au.